Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 321, and today I'm going to share with you another husband and wife team, and these guys are crushing it. They actually are going to explain and share how they went from zero to $1 million in sales selling other brands' products. That's right, not even private labeling, and uh, they're going to talk about how they buy low and sell high, also known as retail arbitrage or online arbitrage. This is something you're definitely going to want to listen to, whether you're already selling private label or if you're just getting started, or maybe you are stuck. This is going to be a great interview for you to listen to because I dig deep into how it all works and some of the sticking points that they ran into. All of that stuff is going to be discussed here. And oh, their names. Yeah, I should probably tell you that. It's Gary and Kim Ray. Great couple, so willing to share. And you're going to see that and you're going to hear that inside of this episode, which I'm really excited for you guys to hear. But one thing I want to highlight here really quickly, something that we've been actually doing to really move people along in this process. Because a lot of people get stuck. And I want to highlight this. Like, people make excuses. And I've done it myself. I'm I'm not sitting here saying I've never made excuses. I, I have. And a lot of times, it's just because we're afraid to fail. And that's totally normal, right? But we have to get started, even if it's in the smallest way. So you guys all know, just by listening to the show, like, I'm a huge private label, like, promoter. Like, I love that business model because we own the product and we can then scale that business if we want to uh, because we own that product, right? And that manufacturing and all that stuff. But when you're getting started, if you're stuck, a great way to get unstuck is to do exactly what Gary and Kim have done and do retail arbitrage or online arbitrage or even thrifting and selling on eBay. Any way to get moving is what you should do. Uh, We recently opened up our beta group for our 1K fast track. And little uh, side note here, uh, we we had about 550 people that were interested in joining us in this beta group. We were only going to have 50 people. Uh, We opened that up and in six minutes, we filled all 50 spots, which was crazy. Um, And there's been another 250 that have already been added since then. So a lot of interest. So a lot of you are in in this stage. What I want you guys to do, if you did not make it into the 1K Fast Track or anyone else listening that's even interested in this and they want to get started like now, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 312. I have an episode there where I walk you through five steps to get unstuck and make your first 500 bucks by next week. And that's no joke. And it, the, another little funny story is I actually took our 1K Fast Track before we started the class the weekend before, uh, actually a week before. I basically gave them this pre-challenge. I said, listen, while we're waiting to start this class, here's what I want you to do. A little homework. Anyone that wants to join in, by all means, do so, and we'll get you earning some money before we even start the class. And what I had them do is exactly what I talk about in episode 312. And I told them to clean out their house or their garage or their bedroom or whatever, right? Clean it out and then gather all of your stuff and then start to list products on eBay. And I, I explained exactly how to do that in episode 312, but I broke that down for our 1K fast track. And what's crazy is people are already making sales. They're already earning money before we even started our class, which is really, really awesome. And I want to read this one to you really quickly. Josiah says, uh, some encouragement to everyone else in the class. Yesterday, I dusted off my eBay account, which had been idle for a few years. As I was in the process of creating a listing of stuff I had around the house, I got two sales. So uh, basically, he listed two products, and actually, I'll give you the products. It was an Earthquaker device uh, thing, <laughs> and then there was an Electro Harmonics B9 organ modulation something. 
Each one of those sold for over $100. So here he was able to earn 200 and it looks like $35 from things he had laying around his house. All right. So without even starting, you know, without even starting our class, just getting out there and getting started. And I'll tell you what, you start to get on a high when you start to actually see that it can work. Uh, another quick example uh, was, uh, and then Glenn, uh, Glenn Greco uh, posts in here. He goes, sold one down, one to go. And he posted some baskets. Some of these, uh, these uh, it's called a, a Longa Burger something baskets, a lot of 15 liners and dividers, $165. Someone bought these baskets that they just had laying around, right? So you can go out there and take what you have, what you think might be your junk is someone else's treasure. It's it, you guys have heard that before. So get out there and just get started. If you guys want to be notified of our one K fast track, when we open again, which should be in about six weeks, you can get on that early notification list by heading over to 1kfasttrack.com and you'll be able to uh, get more information on that and you'll be notified when we do go live and uh, we open that up to another uh, small group of people to go through that, that class. All right, so guys, I'm super pumped up to dive into today's interview. Hopefully, you guys are fired up to go out there and just take action, massive action today, start making some sales, whether it's on eBay or Amazon or wherever, just get out there and start the process, all right? So let's go ahead and dive into my special guests today, Gary and Kim Ray. Enjoy, take notes, and take action. I'll talk to you guys at the end. Well, Gary and Kim, how are you guys doing this afternoon? We're doing awesome. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I love this for a couple different reasons. One, we have another husband-wife team. That, that I love because uh, myself and my wife, we've been a husband-wife team now through plenty of businesses, and we've survived And because <laughs> a lot of people are like, how the heck do you do it? You know, uh, but we actually enjoy it, and uh, you know, we're, we're definitely uh, good partners for that as well, not just... Uh, you know, in our in our marriage, we are, but also in in business and stuff. We think a lot alike, and uh, we have same beliefs and all that. But anyway, I'm so glad that you guys were able to take some time out of your day. You guys have an interesting story that I definitely want to dig into. Not much that we've talked about here on the show specifically, and it is really around this whole retail. ARB, online ARB kind of business model, and that's really what I do want to dig into. Before we do dig into that, though, could you give us a little, just a little backstory as far as like who Gary and Kim is and what you yeah. guys have done in the past? Yeah, thanks, Scott, for having us on. It, it's always flattering whenever anybody wants to sit down and kind of hear your story. I'm sure. 54. Uh, she is the same age. We're from Kentucky. Uh, she actually was my childhood sweetheart. She oh, wow. blushed tell this she was the first girl i ever kissed oh, when i was years wow. old wow so, wow that's uh yeah, that's yeah, okay I, I, that's good i was a little casanova and, uh, <laughs> and we were young went together broke up numerous times of course uh, then went off uh separate directions both of us had failed marriages met back up 21 years later and she had three children was a single parent i had two was a single parent we met back up uh and everything started from where it left off when we were teenagers, and we've been married now 17 years, and we have five kids that we finished raising. They're all gone, and they're all successful, doing great, and we have six uh, grandkids. Oh, wow. So she has an administrative background work-wise. Mine is in the insurance business, which I'm still in. And uh, we stumbled into this one night on Facebook about a year and a half ago, no previous e-retail experience, no eBay, no anything. 
And we've been in the Amazon business now for a year and a half. And we've sold a, just like just a little bit being 1.2 million in the year and a half that we've been in. And almost all of it is RA and OA. Wow, that is impressive. And that could be a story uh, that we could uh, we could probably create is how you guys were childhood sweethearts. You had your first kiss. You broke up a bunch of times. You, you kind of went your own ways, got married, didn't work out. You come back and then uh, you guys ended up finding each other again and then getting back together. That's that's a that's a great story in itself. That's a story right there. We could actually create a film on that. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a true too. I married up. I married over my head. Nice. Nice. Uh, okay. So that's really, that's really awesome. I, I just love it that, uh, again, you guys have, uh, you know, that's kind of your journey, right? I mean, I think everyone has their journey and how they get to where they are. And I think things happen for a reason. That's my beliefs anyway. And, and, and along the way you, you learned through that process and, uh, probably also too, is how much you guys appreciate each other. Um, now, which I know that my wife and I are the same thing. We, we, we got married young. I was only 21 when we got married. She's five years older than me. And, uh, she, um, she came from a a relationship that wasn't going well and that hadn't gone well for years. And and I was young, 21. I had been in a relationship through high school when I was about, you know, maybe 17 and that was a bad relationship, but I learned what I didn't want in a, in in a woman. And, uh, I found what I wanted and it was just, just kind of happened, but it definitely taught us like what to appreciate about each other. So amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kim, good. You agree. Good. Uh, (laughs) uh, all right, cool. So, um, let's dig into the RAOA and for anyone that's wondering these terms, it's, it's retail arbitrage and then online arbitrage and maybe quickly, um, Gary, you could just break down what each of those means for people that are brand spanking new to the, uh, you know, to the terms. Yeah, retail arb is simply, and again, we had never done anything like this before, and we stumbled onto this on Facebook. And I always jokingly said to her that if I ever found a, a career where you could make money by shopping, it she'd make a fortune because mm-hmm. she loves to shop. Sure. Not so much loves to spend money. Right. She just loves to shop and she's a great deal finder. So retail arb is sim- simply the art or the skill, and an art is something you're natural at, a skill is something you study to, study to have. Uh, it's either the art or the skill of being able to find good deals. Mm-hmm. Now, she definitely has it as an art. I absolutely hated it, mm-hmm. but I love to make money. I come from money. <laughs> Yeah, I come from a very average, blue-collar, almost poor background. Yep. My father was my hero. He died when he was 63 after drawing two retirement checks. The most he had ever made oh, in wow. his life was $14 an hour. When he died, he owned three different places. All He was debt-free from his mid-30s. So my dad had become successful in my eyes for a man that had never made much money. He did fantastic with mm-hmm. what he made. And I was always motivated by his story, and I knew his story. But at a young age, I decided I really wanted more. I wanted to make money. I grew up around a lot of people who would laugh at people who make money. Mm. They would want to throw out the little innuendos of negativism toward people. But I never bought into that. I always believed that God made the cattle on a thousand hills. I believe that he made the golden diamonds for his bunch, not Satan's. And I truly did believe that we could have a lot in life if we just do things right. We have outstanding character. We work hard. We learn a skill. We learn a trade. So I did that in the insurance business. Well, when we came into this retail art thing, I don't like to shop. I cannot stand to go into stores like she does. She could live in them. So we stumbled into this, and I got her set up uh, with the app on the phone. Where you you go, she takes her iPhone and she scans whether it be Kohl's, Target, Walmart, whatever, mostly Walmart. 
And so I started going with her at times, seeing how she did it. And my brain started clicking and I started thinking, wow, you could make a lot of money doing this. And mm. we have made in my little blue collar world. I mean, I make a great income in the insurance business. I make far more in insurance business than I do in the Amazon business. But in 2016, we made right at 100000 net mm-hmm. after all expenses. And I'll say all expenses. I mean, Wi-Fi costs, cell phone costs, plane tickets to go to Amazon conferences, fees to join other Amazon groups, everything under the sun. So when I say all costs, I'm talking tax accountant, elimination of all fees, mm-hmm. get the thing down to bare bones. So we made hundred grand our first 12 months in the, doing this. So RA is the art of the skill of being able to retail, shop, and find things that there is a demand for on Amazon. Mm. OA is online arbitrage. It's the same thing. It's simply where you do it uh, via the computer. That's what I like to do. I don't do much retail arb. I do OA, and that's what I like to do. She likes to retail arb, and that's what she does. I do the OA while I'm watching movies or while I'm watching uh, pro football or college basketball or NASCAR while I, any of that stuff's going on, I'm simply online looking at various lists, buying things. So that's the definition, as simple as I can make it on RA and OA. No, that's, that totally makes sense. And I mean, I, I always look at it like, you know, buy low, sell high. That's crazy. You're yeah, basically yeah. flipping product. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you're, you're trying to acquire stuff that's selling, uh, that's already been proven to sell. And, uh, and then just basically you're flipping product. I mean, you're, you're literally buying it at a discount and you're selling it. And, and it's funny cause I've heard people say too, like, oh, RA's dead, isn't it? I mean, people aren't really still doing that. And, you know, I, I, I did the same thing you did. Like I didn't need, uh, Amazon as a revenue stream when I started in this. I really just did it because I wanted another revenue stream, period. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to diversify. And uh, I started hearing about RA. And and I, I did try it for like a half hour of scanning stuff. And then I gave up. Yeah, I know it wasn't long enough. But I said, you know what? I got too many other things that I'm, I'm doing. I can't be doing this. Um, maybe I could have my wife do it. But right now, it's just like we've got so many other things going on. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to drop it. And then when I started hearing about private labeling, that interested me because then that was more in my world where I could do the work up front, find a a winning product or five or whatever, and then I could just reorder when they sell. Like that, to me, it's like a digital product in a sense. Like if you find something that works, you know, you can just keep creating it or keep ordering it. And that made a lot more sense to me. And that's what I did and got me started. But now I'm going backwards a little bit because I'm starting to see that there's probably a revenue stream there that I could be tapping into. And I know a lot of people getting started in the private labeling get overwhelmed with what they have to do or their fear of, you know, I don't want to spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars on inventory or $5,000 on inventory. I I just want to maybe go out there and see if I can actually do it with a hundred bucks and then prove it to myself. And so that's really where we're at now as far as like, you know, this thing could be its own thing, right? It's like an, a whole nother division in a sense. And I know people that have teams that actually go out and do this stuff and, 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 uh, you know, find the product for them. And all they do is kind of facilitate things. But, um, I, I agree. I think it's a great, a great, uh, way for people to get started, especially. Um, but I think people can make a full-time living doing just, just this. Um, let's, let's kind of dig into though. Okay. So you get started and like, what was the, what was the hardest part I, I would say as far as like getting started And this one might go, you know, go over to Kim because you're in the stores and you're scanning and it's like, how do you know what is a good find and not such a good find? And maybe what numbers do you look at that makes that make sense that you're saying, okay, this, this is worth a try. 
Um, we used a list uh, that was posted. It was a full-time FBA sheet that had a rank on it that gave us like a 1%, 5%, and 10% ranking of every category. Gotcha. And yeah. we tried to buy in the top one percent. Now, when I first started, we didn't have this list when we were very brand new. And I would just go out and if it gave us a good profit, like say five dollars at the time, I was thinking five dollars was, you know, a sure. good profit. Sure. And I would and and the rank on it was what I would think would be low. I would just purchase it. And then about a month into it, we found this list. And from get my numbers in my head of what to buy. And we, we really like to stay in the top 1% when we're buy, shopping for retail ARB. And then uh, in the fourth quarter, we go up to the 5% or, and sometimes as high as 10% in the fourth quarter. Okay. And, and what does the 1% or 5%, what does that, what does that tell you? I guess is, is going to be the question that we're going to be asking ourselves here. Well, those are the, uh, it, to me, if it's in that rank, it's, it's moving fast. Okay. It wouldn't be coming up to that rank if it, if it wasn't moving fast. And what kind of BSR yeah. are we looking at? Like that are in those percent. I, I know category is going to have something to do with that, but let's yeah, just that, say. That, yeah, that's exactly what she's talking about. It's just like the jungle scout BSR that you look at. Yep. It's the same thing. Steve Smotherman, uh, which, uh, FullTimeFBA.com. He's got this free ranking chart. That's not only us. We know hundreds of RA and OA people. That's in other groups that we're in, and they all use some kind of cheat sheet. Yeah, reference point. Thank you to be able to go off of. So when we're scanning, when she's scanning in the store, or I'm scanning, and she scans a, a purse, a high end purse. I can't think of the names of them right now. Like but Michael Kors. Like Michael Kors or whatever. One of the first things she looks for is, is it in the top 1%, 5%, 10% of that category? And if it is, then it piques our interest and we see if the math is there. If it's not, we don't buy it. Gotcha. That, I mean, it's just that fast. She, she can scan something and it can be ranked 400,000. It can have a BSR rank of 400,000 in home and kitchen. And she'll just put it down, go right on. Because that, we know that's not the top 1%. Well, I don't think it is anyway. I think kitchen is like two hundred thousand or whatever. So, but okay. you get my point. I'm just using it as a reference point as an example. Yeah, and it, so it, it, it's funny too because like, and and that's what I'm noticing right now. I've got a good friend of mine who actually we're actually in in the process right now. Actually, today um, that we're recording this, we actually opened up our our one k fast track. We're calling it, which is an RA um, kind of like a kind of like a boot camp in a sense to kind of kind of where you get your feet wet. And and Dom Sugar, who's been doing that for over 15 years, and he's actually scaled it to a a multi-million dollar business. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny because when we started going through this process and I started going through and with them and trying to learn the numbers, it's like finding something that's a hundred thousand BSR. If you're private labeling is garbage, like you're not even going to go for that. But in RA, that's definitely something that you would look into in certain categories. Correct. It's crazy. I mean, it's just a, a whole nother mind shift. Cause if you're coming from the private label world over to the RA world, it, it's like, you're mind blown by that. And if you're coming from the other way, then you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, I mean, I have to have something that's like a 5,000 BSR to even be like where I want to launch a product. And you're like, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a different mindset for sure. Um, but yeah, let, uh, me, let me add this if it can. I, I actually view RA and OA as like a commodity. And years ago I got into trading commodities like mm -hmm. soybean, corn, things of that nature. And I learned how to lose a lot of money doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and 
also to uh, day trading on stocks. I've had success doing it. I've had not success doing it. But RA and OA is a lot like that, Scott, in that it is a commodity. It's a fluctuating commodity up and down. So when you're, o, uh, when you're RA and or OA in either one, when you're doing either one of the arbitrage methods, your goal is to get it and get it shipped up fast and beat the competition. Mm -hmm. Because the price is always moving on, it's always changing, it's always fluid. The beauty of it, the simplicity of it is, and I don't mean to cheapen it or you know, or run it down, but it honestly doesn't take much thought. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really just, she can tell you that a lot of days she goes and does this, and a lot of days I do it on my OA end, we really don't even think about it. We mm -hmm. have all our tools set up, we know what we're doing, and it literally is just like a job, like mowing the yard or something. I mean, you can just do it. I almost be brain dead once you learn how to do it. You just do it. And there's tons of product out there. As long as you've got money to buy product, it's out there. And you find stuff that's ranked good. It has a profit. You buy it, send it in, stay shallow, stay wide. Don't go deep on mm. anything because this stuff does move in price. You buy something today at Walmart, uh, elite TV thing at Walmart that you're buying today for $30 is selling for $99. Five weeks from now, it might be selling for forty dollars. Yeah. So you, you got to stay shallow. You buy anywhere from three to six of the item, send it in, stay shallow, double your money, kind of thing, and keep going. Yeah, and so okay, and to talk a little bit to that as far as like staying wide, also I think is is what you're saying is is like don't go deep into one category either. I think spread it out would be a wise decision. Would you agree? Because that Absolutely. way there. Okay. Absolutely. We have, we just counted before we came on the air here with you. We just counted up our SKUs uh, with Amazon. We have 1,078 SKUs right now that are active on Amazon. Wow. And of that 1,078 SKUs, probably three-fourths of them are two items or less. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. And probably the deepest we have on any of them are the worst buys we've ever made. And that was some wholesale buys where we bought toys or games or things of that nature last summer that were supposed to have been here before Christmas. They didn't get here until after Christmas. And now we're stuck with them. We're burnt with them. Mm. And that was, that was our tipping our toe into the wholesale world. And that hasn't worked so well. The RA and OA has worked. Honestly, it's fantastic. Yeah. It has really worked well for us. And like I said, it doesn't take, we don't do advertising or nothing. You just simply buy it, stay shallow, and keep moving. We do everything tax exempt. We have a part-time employee, and actually she's working in our facility today. We built a facility here at our home. Uh, UPS, FedEx packages come every day. She preps, ships everything in. And the money that we save by going tax exempt, we're in Kentucky, 6% sales tax state, we're able to shop and buy at all the Walmarts and not have to pay taxes. Several of the online stores we buy from, we don't have to pay taxes. But our tax savings by having uh, that tax uh, credentials there from the state to not have to pay the sales tax pays her salary. Wow. So her salary is paid just by the savings that we get uh, from the Walmart and the tax exempt status that we have. What's, the, what's the process for that as far as getting tax exempt? What do you need to qualify for that? Yeah, you just file it in every state. I have a really good friend of mine. Actually, he's in the insurance business with me. His wife got into this, RA in as well. They live in Tennessee, and they got the same thing down there. They got their tax-exempt status in Tennessee. You just file it with the state. It's not hard. We have friends in Missouri, friends in uh, Nebraska. Same thing. You can get tax exempt. And what do you do? Do you just present that to like if you went into your local Walmart? Is there something you issue them so that way there they know that you don't get to tax? How does that work? 
uh, when you go to Walmart, you just take your uh, certificate that the state gives to you yep. and you go into the customer service area and you tell them you would like a sales uh, exempt form and then you fill one out and they give you these little cards with your name on them and it's like ours has our name on it and then I signed them and then I laminated a card for me and him both and then when we go to Walmart uh, they then like ours was local where I did this at sure and then they put it on file and then when we go to any Walmart in any state I just show them that tax exempt and they run it through. They type in tax exempt and they type in our number that Walmart gave us. And it comes up that, you know, we're a tax exempt. Okay. So you basically just flash a card to them and then they yes. type in some code and then it exempts the tax. Tax You don't get charged for it. So if you're buying $100 worth of stuff and it's 6% tax, you get six bucks you don't pay. Yeah. Like right. I was at a Walmart last August, I believe it was probably 200 miles from my home on a Saturday. I went with her because I can't do it much through the week. And they had this huge bend of video games and they had them priced for like 12 bucks. And there was, I don't know, I forgot how many video games were there. And I told them, I said, I will buy all of those video games you've got there in that bend, regardless of how many is there. I'll buy them all for $10 each. And I think they had them like 15 or $16 each. And the guy said, you'll buy all of them. The manager did. I said, yeah, I'll buy every one of them. He said, there's probably, you know, 700, 800 video games there. I said, I'll take all of them. He said, you'll take them all. I said, yeah, but $10 each. And if they're priced less than that, I want them less than that. But any of them that's priced more than that, they have to be $10. He said, okay. And it was something like $749. So it was $7,500 worth of video games that I bought. And that was, you know, we more than doubled our money on that one buy. But when I did that, I didn't have to pay any tax on it. That's wow. 6% right there off the top on a $7,000 buy. And hey, that ain't the only thing. I mean, we've had numerous occasions where I've went into Walmart or she's went into Walmart um, and we would buy four or five, six thousand dollars a lick. Wow. So, yeah, people need to understand we're not talking about just going in there and buying. Oh, my gosh, I bought twenty two dollars. We're talking mm. buying several thousand mm. dollars at a time. I've even had Walmarts to ask us to come and help them move their clearance. We've actually been invited into the back stock rooms where uh, people aren't allowed to go. And oh, we can go back there and scan stuff with our phones and tell them what we will give for it. Wow. And they reprice it on the spot, load it up in big carts. We've actually had to buy a trailer to pull uh, with my Silverado to pull to go to these places in order to load stuff because it's more than she has a 2016 Suburban. That's more than her Suburban would haul. So we actually had to buy a trailer to, to haul stuff in. So we've had huge buys like this, but it's because I can buy a lot. You know, mm. I'm, I'm blessed that way. The Lord's been good to me and I'm thankful. So if I'm negotiating with a store manager to buy a lot, I can buy a lot. Right. If he says, right. you know, is this going to be X thousand? I mean, there's not a number hardly he can throw out that I can't say, you know, yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah. Well, and, again, I mean, you've got that, you, you've got that, you know, that because you've got that in, in the, you know, you, you've been, like you said, you've been, you've been blessed. You've, you've got a good career, but the people that are just starting, I want to speak to them a little bit. I want to talk about the people that you know, like, you, you got a friend of yours and they come up to you and you're like, you know, listen, you know, Gary, I really want to get into this, but you know, I only got like a thousand bucks to get started. Like, what would you, what would you say I should do? Well, I will, I would tell anybody that, you know, if you just had a small amount of money, just make good buys. Mm -hmm. uh, re retail R will work for you. It will take a little patience and go through and scan and look for uh, items that are low ranking and got good profit. 
Don't just because something might have two or three dollars, don't get excited about that. Mm. Look for something maybe uh, $10 or more. Mm. Uh, there, There's things in the store. It takes a little patience. You have to learn the store, learn where the clearance items are, because in a lot of the stores, there, there could be in caps with clearance items. And sometimes Walmart will discount, like, say, a cookware, and they'll put it on the end of a end cap. Oh, okay, and it'll yeah. just say, it'll say $39.99. But if you don't know your prices, that cookware could have sold for $159, and they've marked it down to $30. Wow, okay. So, so you need to take your time and go through the store, uh, understand that they have, you know, the clearance stickers, the yellow clearance stickers. And when you see them, go through there and... You never know. Each store's different. It's the managers uh, decide, I guess, when and what gets put on clearance. And you just never know uh, what you're going to find in each store. But, you know, some stores you may find like six sets of cookware and you could make 50 bucks each on each set of cookware. Mm. So that's why I would say just just make good buys. If, if you only had a thousand dollars, try to make some good buys with your thousand dollars and spread it out. Go wide. If, if we had a thousand dollars, I probably wouldn't spend over seventy five to one hundred dollars on any one skew. I gotcha. might even try to trim it back more than that. I would try to even stay maybe 50, 60 bucks uh, a skew, by the way, to not sound like I don't want to be like a doctor and be throwing out words. <laughs> right, so right. Tells you. A skew is a, a, a pair of Nike shoes, size eight. That's a skew. Mm. If it's a size nine, that's another skew. So a, a one can of cashews is a skew. Two cans of cashews is still one skew. It's just two items in that one skew. When she, I want to tell this too, again, you're trying to drill down here to help newbies. When we first started doing this, one of her goals was she had heard from another Amazon RA seller that they paid for about half of their grocery bill every week by RAN. So she started off by saying, when I go to Walmart or Kroger to grocery shop, I want to start seeing if I can find stuff in the grocery category or in anywhere in the store to resell to help pay for groceries when we go. Not that not that we needed help with it, but no matter how much money you have, you're still broke. Of course. Of course. Uh, well, so yeah. I mean, you got to be. I hate saying anything yeah. like that because it makes it sound like I'm showing off. And I'm not. But I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to tell it like I believe it. If somebody asked me to explain it, I'm going to explain it. Sure. Right. I'm going to say within two weeks or three weeks of her doing that, everything changed. She started going out and buying $300 worth of groceries and coming home with six and $700 worth of products she had bought to resell at a 30 to 40% ROI. So real quickly, we understood, whoa, there's a lot of stuff out there. We have some friends of ours in Missouri, uh, and their grandson was working with them scanning, and he discovered a certain product, and I cannot tell what it is, extremely popular product, advertised every day on TV. And this little boy said, here, scan these. Grandma scanned them, and it was so profitable. They've been selling this now for over two years on Amazon. They've done got over two grand in his college fund. Wow. Profit from that one item that they found in the grocery category. It's a replenishable or a replan, mm. as they call it in the RA world. That's something you find. We sold soap for probably eight months that we were buying from drugstore.com. What brand of soap was it, huh? I'm sorry. I, I cannot remember. It came in like a four pack. It wasn't zest. It was one of those soaps like that. It would come in like a bar of soap, okay. four bars of soap. And we would buy that stuff and sell that stuff. And we were making like 80% profit on that. Wow. 
and like, I don't know, four bucks net. And we just couldn't believe it. And we were selling, I don't know, 50, 60 of those a month. Wow. And we did that for, yeah, like six months. It was just easy, low-hanging fruit is what mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got out of that. Uh, pardon me? That's what you call a replant. Yeah, that's what you call a replant. So to help any of the newbies get into this, if you can find these replants like this, those work great. Now, here's what's odd. We don't do that now. We we hired the lady to work for us to do our prepping. Uh, we pay her $12 an hour and she preps, box ships, enters it into inventory lab. She does it all. We don't, we don't touch it once we bring it here to our place or it's shipped in. She does it all. But when we started doing that, we had to change our business model because it takes her as much time to prep an item that I'm going to make $40 on as it does to prep an item I'm going to make $5 on. Right. So right. We, we now only buy stuff that's going to turn us a net profit of $10. Gotcha. If it, going into the deal, it has to net us $10. And if it doesn't, we don't buy it. But if you're new coming into this business, don't do that. If you're new coming into this, look for stuff that gives you a great ROI that's ranked great. And stay shallow with it and just turn turn and burn, turn and burn. That's the motto of several million-dollar sellers that we know that do this. They try to get it and sell it quick. Gotcha. Okay. And I, I love it that you're drilling down into really, you know, keeping it shallow and going wide. Uh, because again, that spreads you out to, you know, and it's it's funny because my my good friend Dom Sugar, who also, you know, has said to me in the past, like, that is that is the whole thing, right? It's 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 inventory. It's like getting the inventory, getting it in, like you said, getting it turned over, but then having more of it, but wider, not so much deeper. Not having a thousand of one unit in there that's selling. It's more about having a thousand SKUs and maybe three, four a piece. Um, obviously, if you have ten a piece, that's fine too. But what I'm saying is, this way here it gives you more of a chance to uh, go out there and have steady sales every day. Because one day you might get three soaps sold, and then the next day you might have something else sell, and the next day you might have a, a couple soaps. And then the next day you might have three other things that you didn't sell the day before. And then it starts to add up daily. Um, which I I love that because it does, it gives you, I think a better chance of succeeding, um, and, and spreading yourself out. So I like that. Um, okay. So now as far as like, uh, you know, cause in in the beginning, again, there's a lot of stuff that you got to take into consideration or that it seems to, uh, okay. So like when you're first starting out and you're getting, you know, you're, you're getting this product and this inventory, um, what was the process as far as like getting it shipped in? You didn't have anybody working for you. So, I mean, again, you sound like you're far away from a lot of these places. How often were you going to these stores? And then how often were you shipping in? Is everything FBA too, by the way? Yes. Everything, everything we do is FBA. Okay. And, um, when we first got started, I would go to a store, say, uh, a hundred, I do it like 150 mile radius from where we live. Gotcha. And then I would just, I would like do a search of stores, wherever, whatever city, say if I was going to Louisville, I would do a search of stores in that area and then plan me a map of three to five stores, depending on how much product I found at each store. Because once you fill the vehicle up and let, right. you know, I still have to drive back home. That's so, right. Uh, that's why I just planned out my stores. Uh, and then... From there, we would I would bring it home, and then the next day we would de-sticker it, uh, prep it, and then create the shipments from it. Now, uh, usually I'd spend one whole day shopping, and then the next whole day prepping, prepping, and and getting it shipped shipped up to Amazon. Gotcha. Because gotcha. we believe we believe that 
fast when mm. you buy it, you got to get it up there as quick as possible. Yeah. Because you never know when the prices is going to start, you know, turning away. How many other sellers might get on the listing? Right. Now, would you also say that now that you've been doing it for a little while, it's like, you know, you mentioned, you know, like you have a little cheat sheet, a little list and stuff like now you kind of already know because you've done it and you kind of, you can spot something like you go in there and you're like, oh, those are definite. Like, you know, you almost don't even have to, to really look anymore because you've, you're experienced with that category or those types of products. Yes. Like I said, I mean, I can just walk up and down the toy aisle pretty much anymore and know which toys I'm going to pick up and which ones are not. Now, when I first started, I mean, I bought Barbies. I mean, there would be times I would buy these little Barbies and I could make maybe two or three bucks on them, but they would sell so fast and they were so high ranked. I was like, yes, they're going, they're mine, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. So when you're first starting out, you know, if you can find say 10 Barbies and you make two bucks a piece and they're ranked 1500, they're going to sell just about as soon as you get them up there. Mm. So that's a yes. But now then I don't waste my time on that because usually there's not enough for me to say, wow, I need enough profit. I'm looking for the the bigger ticket items that I know will bring me more profit. Yeah. But in the beginning, I bought a lot of uh, dog leashes that were like clearanced out for 50 cents and you could make uh, five bucks on each one. And mm. so, you know, that was just the way we got started, but then you just learn from that what works. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me add, let me add something too about the dog leashes. She was at a particular store one day, and I'm at my office working, and she called me and she said, "I found these dog leashes. They're they're ranked so and so. They sell so much. Blah blah blah." And she gives me the stats on it, but she didn't tell me how much they were. And I said, "She said, I'm just wondering if I should get five or ten or how many should I get?" And I and I was trying to help her with her confidence level. Mm. I'm very confident bordering on whatever, you know, arrogance, I guess. <laughs> she was always self-conscious and afraid to lose money. Mm. And I would always tell her, don't be afraid to miss swinging at the pitch. If that, if it's a high fastball and that's your pitch, knock that thing out of the park mm. and swing at that thing. So she would give me these stats. So this particular day, Scott, this is funny. She calls me up and she gives me these stats on this, on this, and I'm joking with her, so I don't want nobody to think I'm fussing at her. I'm not. I'm joking at her. And I said, you called me and worried me about dog collars? I said, how much are we going to make on each one? And it was more like $8 net, something like wow. that. Okay. And I said, what do they cost each? And she said, like 50 cents each. I said, 50 cents? That's all <laughs> we're spending? She said, yeah. I said, buy them all. And she said, but honey, there may be 100 I said, Sweetheart, that's $50. Yeah. We spend more than $50 every time we go out to eat. And yeah, she said, right. oh, I hadn't thought about that. So, <laughs> so she bought them, and sure enough, and, and that helped her to yes. stop worrying. Yeah. If it's right, it's right. Yep. Pull the trigger, bag it, bring it home. It's kind of like going deer hunting. Man, if a big buck walks out in front of you or going bass fishing, you know, and you see a, a seven pound bass laying over there in the reeds, man, if it's right, it's right. That's and right. You got to get it when it's good and don't pass it up. That was hard on her. It was very hard on her being a single mom at one time raising three kids. It was hard on her to spend this money. And I always had to coach her. If it's right, pull the trigger. Mm. And now we've done it like we have now. And now she just tells everybody this really does work. You can make money doing this of our business. We do. It's about 50% RA and about 50% OA. Okay. So uh, it was at one time more like a 90-10 RA to OA, but OA has really increased with us uh, for the sheer convenience of being able to do it from home. 
And then the RA is something that she just loves to do because she loves to shop, and that's still very profitable. Yeah, let me ask you a little bit about that RA and then OA. Uh, again, anyone that's uh, maybe skipped ahead here, uh, RA is retail arbitrage. That's going into the store. And then OA is online arbitrage. That's where you're going out and finding these deals. Now, you know, there are tools out there with the OA, and, and there is some with the retail arb too. But, but like, I, I would think, this is just me thinking, um, that it's it's there's more competition with OA than there is with RA. Am I wrong in thinking that? No, you're not wrong at all. Let me tell you, I'm going to expand on it both ways. And and Kim, feel free to jump in here if I miss something. Um, the RA, we have found out that stores do not mark things down nationally across the entire United States. Mm. We're going to one particular Walmart and they'll have a whole bunch of one thing marked down. And you'll go to another one 20 miles away, they'll have the same thing marked down. You go to another one 50 miles from that second one, and they won't. You can mm. work 20 of them within that next 100-mile radius. None of them will. So we've, we've kind of learned that things are done in the retail chain regionally, mm-hmm. and that these markdowns happen regionally. And sometimes even that's just that one store. Where OA, if you're going to do OA, you need to try to be on lists. Like I have eight different uh OA list sources that I go to to do my buying, okay? And my goal, if I want to sell a million a year, I need to spend $1,900 a day to sell a million a year. Cut that in half if you want to sell $500,000 a year. Now, that's after doing this a year and a half. That's my number. It's a 2.24 multiplier. For every $1,000 I buy, that'll translate into $2,240 worth of sales. Now, I've had it to go up to 2.4. I've had it to go down to 2.10. But as a general rule, snapshot frame of time, I took it's 2.24. So if I want to sell so much, I got to buy so much. You got to back in, just like selling insurance or selling automobiles, real estate, anything. You got to have so many contacts in order to make a sale. Well, you got to buy so much in order to sell so much. Yeah. So the reason we got to doing the OA is because RA wasn't enough. I, I needed more. I wanted more to substantiate the money we were spending for this facility and this employee we had and so on. So mm-hmm. we got into the, uh, to the OA and then that worked into doing shoes. And like already today, before you and I got on this call, uh, in about 20 minutes on one of my lists, I found a particular two different particular shoes, two different shoe sizes that were very profitable. Uh, this particular shoe is ranked 40 and all of the millions of shoes on planet earth, it's ranked 40. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I just spent 600 bucks on this, uh, four different sizes, two of each one of this particular shoe, and we'll make 60% on this particular shoe. So OA is more competitive unless you focus on getting OA lists that are very tight. There are some of them that's open to 100 or 200 people, and there's some OA lists that are confined to 25 people or so. And those are the better list, the less people that's on the list. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, okay. Okay. So again, like I'm saying, like, then it's kind of like, okay, you got to get on the insider list or you got to find a group that's going to be able to expose these deals to you. So again, like I said, it is definitely to me and I wasn't wrong in thinking that it's, it's like, it is more competitive in, in the OA. It's, you can be very profitable and it's easier because you don't have to go out to stores. But then again, it's kind of like everyone could either have access to these certain tools or these certain yes. lists. And then you yes. might be, yeah. So it's the same, same idea. There's pros and cons to both. Um, I personally think that people starting out, I think retail arb is a no brainer because you can leave your house right now, go in a store and start scanning stuff like tomorrow. Yep. Um, yes. I, I love that. Something. Yeah. And you buy something. And I think you learn a lot about that process too, by actually 
uh, by actually physically doing it. That's just me coming back from, you know, from my, my background is in construction. So I know all about like, you know, you actually have to do the job to understand the job. Um, and, and the same thing goes with, with OA. I mean, you are doing the job of finding the products. Um, but again, it's, it's just a different, it's, it's different, right? You got different things to, yeah, to kind of weigh yeah, into. What I do, what I do, Scott, on OA, I don't search. I don't look through websites looking for product. I pay and I have eight different list sources, seven of which I pay a monthly fee and they email me every day a list. And, and then I have another source and it's a Facebook group that we go to, um, it's Amazon FBA list pushers where they sell you lists and they're anywhere from $8 to $10 each. And they may have 30 items that particular day that's on sale at Home Depot or Walgreens or whatever. And for 10 bucks, you buy that list. And, uh, gosh, I mean, I, I bought lists before and go on and, uh, buy $2,000 worth of stuff in an hour and sitting at home, never have to get in my car and drive away. So I spend probably $800 a month on my seven lists, maybe 900. I have to figure it up here, but I'm close. Uh, and then there's other sources where I buy lists as well. So there's no other business out here I know where I can spend $1,000 a month and turn it and make the kind of money that I make off these lists. Yeah, I no, mean, it's, it, it works great. Yeah, it really no, it makes, it makes total sense. Again, it's, it's a whole nother business model, right? It's like, you got that yeah. kind of, you got, you got that model, you've got, uh, you got private labeling, you got, you know, RA. So there's, there's, and, and for people out there that are like, you know, wow, there's just, Amazon's just, just too competitive nowadays. Like you just can't make money on Amazon. I get that question or that, that statement a lot. And, um, I'm like, you know what, there's more than one way and there's, you know, it doesn't work for everyone. Like maybe people don't want to do the RA or maybe people rather do the OA or vice versa, or maybe people just want to do the private label. They don't want to do that stuff. It's yeah. You know, I hear that too, about the competitiveness too. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm 54 and I've been in the business world. I've been in marketing for years, so I'm not a novice at how to succeed at business. And I don't know why people worry so much about competition. I go on listings and she goes on listings all the time, Scott, but there may be 300 sellers We'll go on there and we'll sell our stuff next week. Mm. You know why? Because we bought it better than they did. Mm -hmm. We got that one special deal on that thing and we beat them. It's flat out. Come on, let's get on the interstate of life. We beat you. Mm -hmm. We bought it cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to sell it cheaper than you and we're going to make good money. We're in and out, in and out, in and out. So I, I've never, I, I know the private label world is all about no competition and I admire that. I think that is a much more relaxing way to function, but the RA world, it has its advantage as well. And that you buy stuff and you buy an incredible price on it. It's ranked fantastic. It's selling, you know, a hundred a day or 300 a day and you got four. I mean, you'll be out tomorrow by in three hours mm. and you'll make, you know, $9 each or $8 each or $11 each. And you are going to the grocery store anyway. I mean, let me tell you something. She has sold mustard. I mean, you won't believe the stuff she's found at the grocery store. Salt. Salt. Oh, wow. She found this certain type of sea salt or something that was in a bag that when she brought this home to me, I laughed. I thought, what? She said, honey, this stuff is selling like gold on Amazon. So we went for months on end until we, our supply ran out of this of selling this particular salt. So the point is, yeah, there's a lot of competition there. But if you can simply match the buy box, guess what? It sells. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what the competition is as long as you have the best price. Right. If you have the best price, you sell it. Plain and simple, period, end of statement. What's the discussion? Yeah. Well, okay, so let me ask you about that too. So if I go to a listing and I'm looking at selling and I see that uh, 
maybe there's, uh, I don't know, 30 sellers on that on that listing or 40 or 50 or whatever. And then I notice, I mean, the one thing that, that I've been kind of learning is, and then I want to kind of see like who's fulfilling by merchant, who's fulfilling by Amazon. Really, the ones that are fulfilling by Amazon are the ones that I really care about because people usually want to shop Prime and they search by Prime sometimes. And then at that point, do I look at those? Is there any certain numbers there that you would say to yourself, like, I'm not getting in there. There's just too many people in there. Or like you said, if you buy it correctly and you can you know, undercut them by charging less, then you know you're going to get rid of your rid of your product. We, when we're doing retail, Arb, it's strictly on price. If we buy, if we're buying it good, and we and it, you know, we can match that buy box. We're not when we're when I'm scanning in the store, I'm looking to see can I match the buy box, and if so, is is the profit going to be good enough if it was to drop? And, and that's all I'm doing, it, and that's how we decide whether or not to purchase it, and it's worked so far. And so at you, times it does drop, too, Scott. Yeah, I mean, yeah. let, let, let's know uh, she or I, neither one, we're going to mislead anybody for anything, and we're not getting anything out of this interview other than trying to have an open hand and share what we've been blessed to learn with this. So, But this is a commodity. The process of this stuff does change. That's why you don't go too deep. It's just like Apple computer stock, for example, mm. or IBM stock or 3M stock or any of those stuff. You don't not buy their stock because a lot of other people own it. You don't, you don't do that. You don't look at, well, I'm not going to buy Apple because, you know, it's no, you don't do that. You look at the forecast of the company, how good the iPhones are selling, this, that, or the other. You make your decision. That's the same mindset we use by using this ranking sheet to tell us if it's in the top 1%. Again, we only buy top 1%. So we buy only the cream of the crop all the time. That's what we buy. We don't go any deeper than that. And that and the price does drop and we do lose money. Sometimes we may lose, lose as much as a dollar, maybe a dollar and a half. <laughs> on mm-hmm. an item. I right, said right. that to be funny. I don't think it came across funny. But <laughs> no, it was. It I, was. I was trying some humor. <laughs> but anyway, the point is you will lose. You're not going to hit home runs on all of them. But the when I told you the profit we'd made or whatever, that was based on all of our losses, mm. all of our returns, all of our taking stuff to the to charity, to goodwill. All that was deducted off and got down to that number. Mm. Um, okay, so again, just to kind of clarify, so if you went into this, if you went into the store, you scanned it, you looked at your numbers, and it doesn't matter if there's if there's fifty sellers on on there, and it's got a good rank, you know, it's selling through. Um, and then from there, if the buy box says it's thirty nine ninety nine, and you know that you could probably even sell it for thirty eight ninety nine, um, do you go a level deeper though? Do you say to yourself like, but if it drops to thirty four ninety nine, I'll still make money? Do you still play that number in your head, or do you just go off the buy box and say, I definitely can buy it for that and sell it for that? I'm good. Well, yes, um, I I do. We look at when I'm scanning. We use uh, Profit Bandit is one of the mm-hmm. apps that we use on our phone, and we also use of course, Amazon. Sure. Uh, but when I'm looking at it, I'm looking on, I'm also looking at the ROI. Okay. Like when I'm scanning the item and say, how much is my ROI? And we like to buy with like between 40 and 60 ROI. Gotcha. Because that gives, that gives us a little leeway of what we can move down. Well, okay. So for someone like that, say if I'm buying it at, say the item costs $20 and the buy box is 40 and I'm going to make, uh, say, $15 on this item. How much am I willing to lose in order to stay profitable? So um, I can say that, you know, 15 of the 20, I, I might be willing to lose. Do I think the item's going to drop that low? 
And I just, I, I make the decision honestly pretty quick. I just look at it. If it ranks good, uh, the profit's there, the $10 or more profit, and the ROI is between 40 and 60, it, I just say yes. Gotcha. I'm Okay. So you don't even care how, how many sellers are technically on it. That doesn't even no. come into your equation. No. Now, when she first started doing this, she had analysis paralysis big time. And it took a long time of us just having a good marriage for me to tell her, sweetheart, I promise you, I'll never say a word. If you go out here and we lose $1,000 a month, you doing this, you come home. <laughs> being in a good mood is worth everything to me. I love you. We're empty nesters. We don't have a lot to do. Our lives are not full. Our lives were actually pretty empty. And so, you know, it gave her something to do. So that helped her to relax and know that he'll never fuss at me. And mm -hmm. I don't. She's bought stuff before. She bought pental hitches. Trust me. You don't know what a pental hitch is. A pental, <laughs> hitch, a pental hitch is a farm thing that you put on the back of like an ATV or a lawnmower or a tractor. Yeah. And it allows you to be able to hook up things to it. She didn't have a clue what this thing was. And she bought it at a farm store one day where she was scanning. And I laughed. I said, you got to be kidding me, honey. That thing will never sell on Amazon. And she said, bet it does. And she bought two of them. And you know what? Over about three months, she sold both of those, made 100% on both of them. So we learned, honestly, <laughs> you could sell everything. We've sold underwear, shoes, everything you can think of just about. If you can scan it with a phone and it's not restricted, uh, it'll sell. I will say this, Scott. We don't do any listings at all. We don't create listings. That right. okay. If it's not in Amazon's book you know, catalog, whatever, uh, we don't buy it. Gotcha. I just put it back down and I scan for something else. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I know there's, there's some out there that, which I, I, I mean, that's against terms of service too, isn't it? To create your own listing on a, on a branded product that's already no, got its own no, listing. No, it's, it's, no, it's. Not, yes. That's what, what he's talking about. I'm but sorry. You cannot create another listing on a branded product. Yeah. So if, if like, if you have a Mattel toy and it's a, it's a popular toy and they have their own listing like Mattel does. Um, and they're selling that item. You have to list that product on their listing because it's only, they only want one one product in the in the man, in the uh, catalog. Correct. That's correct. If it's a Mattel item that's brand new and nobody's listed it on Amazon, well, yeah, then you can list it. Yeah, that's, yes. what, that's what I was talking Yeah, no, about. I, I'm saying like, because some people don't want to share the buy box, so they're going to go create Correct. their own listing. No, 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 we wouldn't do that. Yeah, but yeah, we yeah. don't even do it on stuff that ain't even on Amazon. Gotcha. We just don't create listings because to us, there's just too much other stuff out there to buy. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be I'm guessing. Yeah. We know some people that create listings, they create bundles Okay. Uh, in order to create listings all the time, and they make more money than we do. But theirs requires a lot more thinking and brain power and so on mm. and so forth. Ours is very much wash, rinse, and repeat. I was going to say, yours is more just like get it, flip it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yep. That's simple. Just, just yep. get the money, get, you know, put the money down, get the money back. Yeah. And yep. just, just keep keep pushing the money. I love it. I love it. Um, what else could we dig into? I mean, we're going to be wrapping up here shortly. Um, what else could we dig into that you think that maybe might be a few mistakes that people might make when they first start that maybe we could help them prevent or even shed some light on something that just to be aware of? Uh, one little thing is do not let your opinion of what you like cloud whether or not you buy it. Yeah, that's good. That, yeah, that's a terrible mistake. Uh, there's millions of people out here that love black fingernail polish, even though you may detest it. Mm. There's millions that love it. So just don't worry about that. Just scan it. Go by the rank. If it's profitable and it ranks good, buy it. Period. End of statement. We was at a particular Walmart. They had a huge end cap full of these blow-up swimming pools. And this was last fall and uh, probably August, September-ish. And there was probably... 
200 swimming pools in these little boxes there. They were $5 each. And she looked at me and said, how many should we get? Now, these things ranked like in the sports category, they ranked like 1,000. Wow. So they were in the top 10th of a percent of all sporting good items on the world of Amazon, which is international. Of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I said, we get them all. So we've got like three carts loaded them up, five bucks each. We're still selling those today at $28.99. The price has never dropped on them. So one of the mistakes you can make is when you find something that is perfect, it's perfect, that you won't buy all that's there. Mm-hmm. That's the few times you do want to go deep is if it, it does seem to be perfect. We sell, we've sold swimming pools all the way through this winter. <laughs> uh, we have a friend of ours that he loves to buy winter coats at the end of winter. And he, and he says he sells uh, North Face jackets in July and August all day long. Wow. So, yeah, don't get restricted. In your, most of the limitations most people have on success, and you know this, you're a success coach. Most limitations people have are self-imposed oh, mental yeah. limitations. So you have to break those down. And, and that's why we just take the whole brain work out of it, and we just simply scan. And if it ranks in the top 1%, uh, and it's 40 to 60% profitable, we buy it. That doesn't mean we'll make 40 to 60%. We may only, we might only make 10%. Yeah, but you got enough cushion there. That's right. But that's our starting point. That's where we start with. Yeah. And we use a repricer. We use App Eagle as a repricer to reprice our stuff. And the lady that works for us enters it every day. And she sits down, my wife sits down every night in her recliner and she enters it all into App Eagle and puts the minimum price we want for it. And then we try not to look at it again until three months. Gotcha. Gotcha. At three months, we go back in. If it hasn't sold, then we change our low price on it and we start getting aggressive to sell it, even if it means we lose a buck or two. Right. Yeah. And I was going to say like that, I was going to say like that there, Gary, like, like, so when you get, when you start approaching that six month mark, because that's, that's kind of like, you know, you want to get it out of there. Do you guys go as far as to, like you said, just like, just liquidate it. I mean, you just want to get it off the shelf. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We, We have a setting in our repricer called closeout. And that's what it does. It'll close stuff out all the way down. But there again, we have have stayed so shallow, it Mm. doesn't hurt us. Mm. If we lose seven bucks on an item, we only had two of them. Mm -hmm. So it it doesn't hurt us. When you stay wide and shallow, you can move. It's just like having a mutual fund versus individual stocks. Mutual funds are wide and shallow. And that's why they're the number one selling instrument in the financial world is mutual funds. It's because you have that diversity and there's some safety in that. And that's the whole reason for doing it. Yeah, no, I, I love it, man. You guys are you guys are doing great. I love it how you guys break it down. I love how you guys are passionate about it too, because uh, I I do believe that uh, you know like you said, a lot of people uh, they get stuck and they get in their own way, and it's 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 always mental. It really is. It's about like you know, well, what if I what if I spend a hundred and I don't make it back? Like, well, if you're spending your last hundred bucks, you probably should get a part time job. Like that's yeah, that's right. my you thought. Should. Right. And I if mean, you're spending your last hundred bucks, do it on something that's ranked in the top one percent <laughs> and stay right. the buy box and you will sell it. I you promise. will. Exactly. So if you are gonna yeah, if it is your last hundred bucks, at least get it to the top one percent of that category. I like it. I like it. Um all right, this has been this has been awesome. I'm sure we could we could probably keep talking for another hour or so, which we may have to have you back on and we can maybe drill into certain um areas that we might not have discussed, or maybe when questions come into, we can maybe even do that. So that would be awesome. But I just want to thank you guys for taking time out of your out of your afternoon and your uh your your week and uh is there any last little bits of tips or anything that you wanted to share with the audience before we uh before we say goodbye 
Before I get off, I want to say this, Scott. You and I have never met. Uh, we actually have never even spoke till today. We just chatted some back and forth. I want to thank you. I may never meet you, but I just want to thank you. I've seen you pour your heart and soul into these podcasts, and we've been listening to your podcast driving for the last six weeks, seven weeks, something like that, when we kind of stumbled onto you. And uh, I know you, you probably get a lot of compliments, but I would really be embarrassed if I didn't say, I'm glad there's good people like you in the world. Oh, I appreciate that, that. cares for more than just making money because you don't do all this just to make money. No. You've got, you've got a real heart into trying to help people. And that's why you're having us on today, RANOA people, when you're a PL guy in your world, is because you're thinking, hey, there's people out here, even PL, and that could use some extra money. And if I can help them make another $1,000 a month, 12000 a year, 20000 a year of doing this in addition to their PL, they need it. They need yeah. it for charity work. They need it to help their grandkids with college. And Scott, you're helping a lot of that to come to pass. So thank you for that. No, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it, that does help uh, because when you get on here, you're you're speaking to a microphone. You, you do have thousands of people listening, but again, you don't really get to connect on a personal level every single time. That's why whenever I get to do a live event, I love it because I get to shake people's hands and kind of you know, look into each other's eyes and kind of get to see the people that are there. So I, re I really want to thank you guys. And, and it means a lot to me. And I know you guys are good people as well. And you're a husband wife team. So rock on with that. Um, and uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, you may hear an update from me too and doing a little RA uh, here in the future. I'm going to get my wife to uh, maybe start scanning some stuff and and, and maybe uh, maybe doing what Kim's doing here. Maybe I can get her going. She's a good shopper too. She's not a spender. Like she doesn't want to go out and she always wants to find the deal. And sometimes, yeah. I, sometimes I have to say to her, Gary, just like you did, just buy it. Like, yeah, just buy it. Just, just, just buy it. It's okay. Like, I don't yeah, care. Let's go, let's go to a coach store. Or let's go <laughs> to a Vera Bradley store. My wife loves Vera Bradley stuff. Yeah. Hey, I, I tell you what we need to do. I need to come down through South Carolina, let my wife and your wife go hang out for a day or so. Oh, that'd be awesome. And you and I go sit and smoke a cigar or something. <laughs> let, let her take your wife out, and she might just make a beast out of her, you know, the time she does this. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, oh, de definitely. We'll have to connect on that for sure. But anyway, guys, um, I I just want to say thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys are awesome, and I definitely want to have you guys back on, and uh, we can catch up and see how you guys are how you guys are moving through this uh, this journey of yours. So uh, I just want to thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank, thank you, man. You. Okay, so there you have it. Another great interview. I don't know about you guys, but that was a ton of information, and they really just pulled back the curtain and exposed everything as far as what they're doing, how they did it. And they also talked about the amount of work that they put into it. And it wasn't just, you know, they went out there one day and figured it all out overnight. It took time. And as you do this, just like anything, you start to develop a skill. You start to know what to look at in these stores. You start to have your own route as far as where you're going to go to look for these deals or these different sites. So just understand, it is a process. No one's sitting here saying that it's easy, uh, but it is doable. And that's what I really want you guys to understand. So uh, definitely, definitely consider this or go over to episode 312 and start that, that little challenge that I created for you guys where you can actually clean out your house or your attic or a spare room or whatever, just clean it out get started by going over to eBay and listing some of that stuff and uh, just start making some money. Get that feeling of a sale. And when you get that feeling, I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. And then it's going to, it's going to make you a believer in this process. And then you can start thinking about, well, maybe then I'll start, you know, doing a little bit of retail arbitrage and I'll try to buy product low and sell it high. 
Uh, so definitely episode 312. I'll link everything up in the show notes to this episode, which you're going to probably want to grab. The transcripts, the show notes, all the links we discussed will be there for you guys as well. And I did want to remind you, if you're interested at all at this business model and you want to go through our 1K Fast Track when we reopen, head over to 1KFastTrack.com. Get on the early notification list there and uh, you'll be the first to know when we do open up again and how many spots that we're going to be opening up to because it will be a small group again. All right, so guys, that's it. That's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now just start. Start.